The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. And first to say Happy New Year as we get ready to jump into the new year on this New Year's Eve. Lots of things that we're going to be looking at today during this Fontenelle Final Bell. And we're going to get all the dish from Mike Zuzalo with Global Global Commodity Analytics. And I tell you, Mike, looking at 2018, not as bad as we thought it was going to be when everything was happening and I think we'll start with the uh, partial government shutdown that is cause for a slowdown in information that we receive and some frustration to many that relied on that daily info yeah I think to try and blend everything together at the end of the year and looking forward to the next year which takes a little bit of uh, uh, craft to do um, I think what you're seeing generally speaking at this stage Susan is a market that is very nervous in the financial market because of things like the government shutdown, because of the open conflict between the president and the Federal Reserve. And, you know, things like the trade obviously are are easier to spot and say, okay, that's gonna hurt us the longer it goes. But when you look at the overall economic fundamentals, I don't think that you have as bad a picture. Uh, Maybe the financial market is trying to draw right now uh, especially when it comes to consumption and when it comes to inflation. And I think it's worth saying that as we close out 2018, we've got gold that just got done making a new six-month high, and that's a great inflationary indicator. We've got a U.S. dollar <coughs> excuse me, that's essentially going to close um, up only about 4%. And, you know, you think about the midterm elections and you think about the NAFTA negotiations, you think about the border wall, you think about all these things we dealt with this year, um, I quite frankly sit back and I think I'm, I'm amazed the dollar didn't go higher and wasn't more of a safe haven asset. And I think that's because, again, the economic fundamentals of the dollar are pretty bearish, are pretty negative. And I mean that from a standpoint of where we sit with the trade balance uh, for the United States. And it, it's at a 10-year low. We have a huge negative trade balance, meaning our imports are coming in too fast compared to our exports and whenever we have that fundamentally that suggests our dollars too expensive so when i look at broad brushing it from 2018 to 2019 and crossing over seeing that the fat cattle are at six month highs you know best level on december fat cattle today to close out 2018 crossing over 125 100 that gets you up to levels not seen since may june so you have some pretty important commodity indicators suggesting there's inflation. The key now is to get the trade negotiations with China put to bed, concretely put to bed, and I think then the dollar could do some heavy lifting for the commodity sector and give us some rallies to be able to sell because of the commodity demand that is out there. And I, and I know the, the soybean commodity demand, obviously, I can't talk about that, and I have to exclude that, but that goes back to the trade issues with China. But you look at the corn, we're running almost 70% ahead of last year at this point for our corn exports, and you've got record livestock production. So there's a lot of bright news out there. I think the trade's just kind of put in a closet. Well, you know, we had such a focus, and it always seemed to have such a negative feel to it that we have to look at some of the positives that have come out of this, the new trading partners that we didn't have before. 
and really where we were sitting export numbers for the most part considering the global that was happening wasn't as bad as the doom and gloom everybody made it seem like no and i i think you know for me personally who has been trying to take long positions in the wheat market based upon the currencies and based upon the overall supply demand fundamentals and some of the other analysis that i used 2018 was a tough year from a standpoint of long weed and it but it, it also helped me not to take too many long positions uh, and, and only take pot shots with very low cost options or spreads uh, in the corn market and i really stayed away from buying too much beans and and i felt like we did a good job for the clients uh getting those beans hedged in one way shape or another before the majority of those trade issues hit the market but I was struck, and I've got to go back and look at this because I can't believe it in my eyes when I look at my chart for where we are at the end of 2018 versus the end of 2017. I'm showing soft red wheat up 18% on the year, and I think that, again, you just, it just doesn't feel that way at all right now because of the way the wheat has been sitting in such a precarious situation and has had such difficulty maintaining $5 and hasn't really been able to get above 540 for half a year, but at the end of 2017, my uh, data shows me that lead month soft red wheat was at 427, and we're going to close out the year essentially at about five dollars. So it, it is, you know, a pretty good number to work from when you look at it in a holistic manner. I understand that there's some quality issues since you're talking about wheat. There's some quality issues right now in Argentina. Does that mean Brazil may have to look to the U.S. to fulfill some of their needs? Yeah, and I think this has been the most disappointing supply-demand fundamental of the last month or last three weeks, is not only did we have the Australian crop tightened, and, and that was offset by a question mark around the Russian crop and, and whether they could offset the loss in Australia. So those two kind of negated each other out. But then you have Argentina, as you bring up, and the idea that they're going to have difficulty getting exportable supplies of high-pro wheat out. The diff the disappointing feature though has been the fact that argentine bread wheat that i keep track of is running at about 230 dollars a ton that's only about nine dollars a ton higher than our soft red wheat at the gulf and so i would and this compares to brazil's price um and france's price uh or excuse me uh, uh russia and ukraine's price uh running at about 237 dollars a ton i would really like to see that argentine wheat price go well above the Russian and Ukrainian price and put us in a pole position for countries like Brazil, countries like Mexico, other Central American countries, and for areas in, in uh, Eastern, excuse me, in Western Africa and Southern Europe. I think we could really clean up uh, if we could get that Argentine price up. Around folks, we've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back on this New Year's Eve for the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Mike Zuzalo is joining us with Global Commodity Analytics. And we were we were talking over the commercial break about the livestock side of it and the, and the supply and demand. And I think probably in, everybody would agree one of the hottest issues of 2018 was this African swine fever. And it's going to continue into this new year as we wait for more information to come out of China. Yeah, and you know, Susan, as the, the, the situation develops in China, I think they're doing a better job of reporting the African swine fever, and I say that because it seems like daily now we're getting, or almost daily, we're getting new cases reported, and they've even made the uh, 
acquiesced in the idea that they've gone ahead and acknowledged it's in uh, the, the livestock feed in, in blood meal, <clears throat> fed the pig, excuse me. I think what we're seeing as this, this develops is maybe a bright spot, not so much for the soy complex, uh, especially the first half of 2019, but I think maybe a bright spot when it comes to the United States and China getting a trade deal put together. And what I mean by that is because pork prices in China can move the, the inflationary dial in China by several tenths of a percentage point, just a 30% rise in, in pork prices in China can add three-tenths of a percentage point in inflation, uh, depending on where it is, is going on in terms of major cities. I think between this and the slowdown in manufacturing and the real fear by the Chinese government of a slowdown in consumption because of wages kind of petering out due to these trade issues with the United States, that I think they're going to be a lot more serious coming to the table. And I think this is this is the big domino that needs to fall in the month of January, in my opinion, uh, in order to get prices to overvalue levels. In other words, if I'm going to get to 435 to 445 in December 19 corn futures, which is my overvalue level for that contract between now and springtime planting, uh, I think I have to have that domino of the Chinese-U.S. trade negotiations put to bed and we get back on track. And I, I I don't want to make too big of a deal out of it, but I was absolutely stunned this past week when I heard that China was going to import rice from the United States for the first time ever. And I, so I think this swine flu and this swine fever could actually be a bright spot when it comes to U.S. agriculture. Uh, it may indeed damage the meal and bean prices for a time, but if they can get it under control, repopulating those hogs uh, and, and that, that massive hog herd that they have could actually be good for the meal industry as we get to the late 2019 time period. So that's something to really watch. And, and obviously the point person on African swine fever is gonna be the pork sector, because if it's as bad as I think it's gonna be, they're probably gonna cut the supply chain down, not import beans, not import meal as much, and just go straight to the pork. And there are, I think they're already starting to do that in Brazil. And I hope that's what we hear out of these negotiations. That would be a very concrete, piece of the puzzle to me that this domino is going to fall and we can hit some overvalue levels in commodities. Well, you talk about those negotiations that are coming up and just like the, the G20, there's a lot of hopes that are surrounding what we may or may not see out of this meeting. Yes, and I think it's frustrating in the short term that the trade is not trading that hope because I think you're 100% right. There is real solid hope, but the trade has been disappointed and given the fact that the stock market and the technology sector in particular has left them kind of hanging and left them kind of high and dry as we close out 2018 that the trade is a lot more leery of news you know what that makes me feel great i hate trading off of headline news i think most farmers and ranchers i work with hate trading off of headline news they want concrete supply demand fundamentals and i think this is where the dollar and the hogs uh, copper was an extremely valuable tool this year to understand whether the wheat market had upside or not because of how it impacts uh, the price action in China and how China impacts it and how the Russian ruble impacts both wheat and copper. So these are kind of the things that we, as we start in 2019, I think they'll continue to be really good leading indicators. And I'm not disturbed by the fact that the Arbob gasoline is going to close out the year down about 32 percent. 
crude oil is going to close out the year down about 25%. That actually, I think, helps stimulate our global economy more because most of the major energy importers are those same countries that buy a lot of our grains and livestock and meat. So I, I think if, low, if interest rates can maintain a steady bias, the Fed doesn't shock the market anymore, it already has, and we keep these kind of low energy prices around for another couple months, I think that adds to the credibility of the first half of 2019, giving us more rally potential. And as we get ready to wrap up, as you look at going into 2019 and as you talk to your clients, what are some things that you're wanting to remind them as we turn the page on a new year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is is to stay, uh, elevate your management of your risk. Elevate your risk management plan. Take it to a higher level. Do not move away from uh, dealing with it. Attack it more head on and become more engaged uh, in 2019 because I really do think especially when you look at the cash basis patterns that we faced in 2018, a lot of money was probably left on the table. What's the best way then, Mike, for folks to get a hold of you? Best way is go to globalanalytics.biz. Otherwise, I'd love to talk. Call me toll-free, 866-471-2588. And I want to wish you a happy New Year, Susan, and all the great listeners. And that's a Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.